the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Big Daddy Woo Woo back with you here. George Brockler filling in for the great Peter Boyles, who will join us after the top of the hour. But until that time, we are rejoined by VIP Ed Brady, now the presumptive Republican nominee for Jefferson County Sheriff. Uh, Ed, thanks for staying on. When we were uh, um, getting ready to punch out for that last break, I'd started to tease this topic of the jails. And I remember that during the COVID, there was a significant amount of pressure from multiple places, including, I think, probably the county attorney, to try to decrease the jail population significantly. One, how would you approach this issue were it to resurface through some other, I don't know, COVID variant or fill in the blank? And two, do you think that has any sort of a relationship to the increase in crime? Yeah, well, at the height, at the very beginning of the pandemic, I think it was understandable that, that you know, certain people out of the jails were being released. I mean, there were staffing issues and uh, we we're just trying to figure out what, how to deal with this situation. But what became baffling is that a year later, the state legislature began to propose a way to make that permanent. And so I think it was Senate Bill uh, 62 that would have depopulated the jails. And so it it was baffling because it, that created a lot of the crime issues that we had, and the legislators wanted to keep that policy. Uh, thank goodness we had Sheriff Schrader that was a voice against that. Now, we had a DA that testified in favor of that. Had we had a Democratic sheriff to testify in favor of that, who knows which way that would have gone. But uh, I can't say that the pandemic caused a crime increase. It certainly didn't help at the beginning. Uh, But some of these failed policy sense have certainly uh, contributed to the rise in crime. I do not know what political role the current DA may play in Jefferson County, but as you know, no longer a Republican. And that's not the first time in Jeffco we had, hell, Dave Thomas hired me to be a prosecutor in Jeffco 100 years ago, back when you and I were brand new. Um, But you have a Democrat in there now. Is there any trepidation or sense of how that relationship may end up uh, being affected, one, by politics, and that is during the campaign season, but two, moving forward, when there is disagreement, I mean, there is a group of prosecutors, we've just never seen them before, Ed, where in the past, Democrat and Republican DA, it was like, yeah, we're all kind of rowing the same direction anyway, right? But now there's starting to be this widening of the gap between folks who are more interested in the social justice portion of this than the criminal justice portion of this. How do you navigate that? Yeah, well, I certainly want a cordial relationship uh, moving forward in that, but I'm going to be an advocate for community safety. I mean, I think that um, the pendulum shifted too far to the left, and we need to bring it back to common sense enforcement and really provide the protection that we should out in the community. I think that yeah, it's probably the best answer that you have moving. And I, I can't think of a better way to approach it. You cannot be at odds with the district attorney and she can't afford to be at odds with the, the guy in charge of the largest law enforcement organization and the jailer in, in the county. I mean, you've got to find a way to work together. But my sense is, given what you said about what took place at the legislature, uh, there are bills that you may end up testifying opposed to each other on. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I I hope that's not the case. I think we're both in the business of uh, providing a safe community. 
And I think that happens when offenders can be held accountable for their actions, um, when we're more concerned about the interest of the victims in our community than we are the offenders. Certainly we want to provide, and we're both in agreement about this, uh, you know, due process and justice uh, and protect rights of everyone. But we're also there to advocate for the community and make sure that the people out um, trying to go about their lives are safe. One of the issues that I know a certain group of Republicans and maybe unaffiliated too are, are focused on is uh, the red flag law. Any thoughts on as sheriff, how you approach something? And I, I've heard Jeff talk, uh, Jeff Schrader, the current sheriff of Jefferson County. I've heard him talk about this a bunch, too. But how do you address that with the community when asked? Yeah, so, you know, uh, I wasn't in this situation. I wasn't. um you know, running for office when that um, bill got passed. And I had some concerns about that bill. I, I think there were some concerns about constitutional issues and due process Due process issues. for sure, yeah. But it's certainly, the, it, it's a law of the land. And I think the only protection against due process and overreach right now is the sheriff. And I think Sheriff Schrader has enacted a very reasonable policy there, which is essentially that um, no search warrant will be uh, requested unless it's accompanied by an arrest warrant based upon probable cause. Or if a deputy has uh, articulable facts that a person is an immediate threat and is going to be placed on a 72-hour mental health hold. And so I certainly want to – I would have my hands in any um, – uh, you know, if we had to use that. Uh, but I'd be very uh, cautious to make sure that there wasn't overreach or due process issues. And that's a, by the way, that's a huge point to make that who it's not just whether the tool exists, but who's going to be wielding that tool that probably has the biggest impact in terms of that red flag law. Um, Final thing I'd ask of you is this, as you look at the issues law enforcement is having statewide nationwide in terms of recruiting and retention, what does a sheriff Ed Brady do? And, and by the way, in a fiscally constrained environment where Jeff had to shut down like an entire level of the jail because the county commissioners cut his budget, what does a, a sheriff Ed Brady do to recruit and retain the best of the best to help defend that community? And I ask this in a selfish way. My dad and my sister still live there, so I need you to be awesome, Ed. <laughs> I had a chance to meet your dad and mom the other day, so that oh, was uh, very nice. Yeah, so this has been the most difficult uh, two years in my career as far as recruiting and retaining. There used to be hundreds of applicants, and now there's far less. And so it is a difficult environment, and, and people wonder how we got there. Well, look at the national climate on policing, uh, where the police have become the bad guys over the last couple of years. And that's simply not the case. We have incredible people that work in law enforcement. My role is one to create uh, an environment that is pro-police, uh, pro-law enforcement. I think most of the community feels that way, and they respect and support the police. And I want to make sure that message gets out there, too. And certainly having an organization that... Uh, Supportive, provides good pay and benefits is something I'd be advocating for as well. What is the way people can get to know a little bit more about your help out? Yeah, you can follow or go to my website at bradyforsheriff.com. Congratulations, man. Big fights ahead of you, though, but congratulations so far. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me on this morning. I look forward to being on again. That was Ed Brady, presumptive Republican nominee for Jefferson County Sheriff, talking to us about what took place at the assembly and what is next This is going to be the challenge for Republicans everywhere, and that is not in the safe Republican counties, but in the counties that have turned bluer. Uh, How do you win such a race and what are the issues? And I think, too, for public safety, again, I'm a little bit biased in this area because of my career field, but it is a topic that is on everybody's short list of things to be resolved because the current government 
hasn't done a very good job of it. Uh, I want to give a quick shout out to uh, Corey Nelson. Here's a guy, a neighbor friend who uh, who I've supported and endorsed for clerk and recorder in Douglas County, ran against the incumbent's handpicked successor and at the assembly came within a mere nine votes of uh, taking over the top spot on the ballot. A, a huge, huge accomplishment. I'm looking forward to the vigorous primary that will take place between now and then, and, and a good, clean one, too, because whoever wins that nomination will be the clerk and recorder for Douglas County. And that sheriff's race, holy smokes, that's heating up as well. Listen, when we come back from this break, we're going to be joined, my hope is, by a guy whose name rhymes with Pete Boyles. I mean, almost exactly rhymes with Pete Boyles. And we'll get caught up on what he's doing on vacay and what the future holds. Just go to Pete right now. Billy just told me I can't go to a break. Then I'm going, I'm going to go to it right now. Pete, I thought we were going to give a break so we could stretch and warm up and then do our transition thing, but here it is. We're right here right now. Peter Boyles on your own show. Yeah, well, I'm looking at the Gulf of Mexico right now. I'm sitting on a park bench with uh, my family, and so it's like it's a great, it's an absolute wonderful morning. So, but thank you very much. It's is it surreal to be out there and being on your show at the same time? Because it doesn't look like the Gulf of Mexico in any wow. aspect here. No, I uh, I understand. No, it's um, I came to Florida last Thursday and I was in Miami and went out with some friends who have some real big boats and uh, saw my friend Brian's daughter and then came up here to my brothers and it's been uh, it's been a wonderful couple of days. I think most people know about week ago Thursday I had a moment on the, on the radio and you know people I really want to thank Billy for it. I mean Billy has been so powerful behind the scenes and has really just held all of this together this last I guess it's been 12 days Pete it's a, it's a little hard to hear you you sound like you're on a boat but it's, it's just a little bit yeah, well, I'm not. There's, there's a lot of wind blowing off the golf right now so that's what, what you're catching is wind but I, really, I, I hope, that, hope this got out that uh, a special thanks to Billy Thorpe who did he was been so tremendous through all of this and through, I, I spent the night in the hospital and, you know, cards on the table. He was just incredible. And, uh, he's held all of this together with you and with management. And, uh, so before we say anything. Yeah, it's windy again. It really is Billy Thorpe. Um, long story short, I, I think everything has a beginning, a middle and an end. And uh, I see an end coming. And uh, it's you know I'll be I'll be 79 this fall, and I've been working in this business since I was 25 years old. Oh, hold on, you broke up on us there. You've been working in this business since you were eight. So, so almost um, since I was 25, and uh, and there was you know as a writer for the traffic reporter, it's a non-air traffic reporter, and a dish jockey, and all the different things we've done. And uh, this you know it's time um, I, I had. Um, a mini stroke, and, and there's no sign of a great, great neurologist. My name is Spencer, and just these wonderful people to wore a med. And there's no sign that I had an event, but I had an event. And it's kind of like a warning shot, perhaps one goes by your ear. Um, and there's no sign, no, no remaining signs, or actually zero signs that I had an event, but I had one. And I think it's like maybe it's time to do some other things and give guys like you and give some other guys a chance to you know, to take over a show. So 
I don't know how much Billy has uh, given given out about a final show, but we'll hold back a little bit on that. And uh, but anyhow, so it's um, it's as the man said, it's it's time. Everybody know everybody knows, and I know all the old timers would say when the time when the time comes, you'll know. And, and so um, one more big show. And then uh, I'll stay with the radio station. I'm going to work with the radio station, write editorials, and uh, do voiceovers, and you know, do listener uh, events, and still be very much a part of, of uh, 710 KUS, but not Monday through Friday, five in the morning until nine in the morning, and not all the other stuff that goes with it. I'll still write for Chuck and Julie at the Chronicle. I'll do my own writing. We have a YouTube project that Mark Crowley and I do that shoot. We'll continue to do that. And, of course, people will know there's a film project coming about the murder of radio talk show host Alan Bird, and we'll still be involved in that. So, But I just won't get up in the middle of the night in a snowstorm and go to work. So um, it, it, it's, it's, uh, it's scary. I've always had a job. We were talking about when you know, I went to work at 12 years old working in the pool room, and I've always worked. But, uh, and I'll still work. But it won't be the kind of work that hopefully you'll be doing and Jimmy's going to be doing and but again, you got a guy on the other side of that glass who's one and only Billy Thorpe. And so this is the first uh, really open announcement. I know it snuck out on Saturday, and I know it's in the Chronicle. I know Mark Crowley's talked to me, but uh, this is official. And uh, with the help of, you know, with Brian and Kelly, and of course with Billy and, and you and some of the other guys, Mel Ferguson. So anyhow, um, it's. Um, it's relieving. I was telling my brother this morning, uh, I didn't watch the late news to think about what I was going to do on the radio the next day or think about, you know, what shows will work or what kinds of things we'll do. So that's really, I mean, it's in a nutshell, George, <laughs> that's it. And, uh, and I'm comfortable with it. I'm okay with it. And, and that feels, um, it, it feels, and there's kind of a relief factor to it, too, that I'm relieved that uh, all these years and all this fun time. And the other part of it, and I wrote it in the column, I was a young kid learning how to box. And uh, when, Mark, when uh, Rocky Marciano was uh, 46 and 0, 43 knockouts, I was a kid uh, learning to box in the, in the Hebrew wine Pittsburgh. And uh, I didn't understand why Rocky did. And then I looked at Muhammad and I looked at the crazy. Even Sugar Ray, Sugar Ray Robinson, they stayed too long. Hey, hey, hey Pete, Pete, would you forgive me? Yeah. Can you stay on through a quick mandatory break here and come back and keep oh, talking with us? Yeah, yeah. Pete. Billy, ask, ask, ask Billy, and if we do, sure, of course we will. Absolutely will. Peter Boyles, a little bit in a wind tunnel, but great breaking news that we're going to talk about with him when we come back. Until that time, George Brockler filling in for him right here on his station, 710 KNUS. Back here on the Peter Boyle Show, it is a little bit bittersweet, but we are going right back to the guy who's got the show and the station, Peter Boyle's back with us live. Uh, sir, thanks for staying on with us. You were, yeah. I did not mean to cut you off. We just, as you know, hit those hard no, breaks please, and then we got to go. Please. We were talking about uh, the decision that you've revealed that mm-hmm. you are going to, I don't want to use the word retire if it's not the right one. Mm-hmm. Is it retire? Is well, it step away? Is hey. it take a knee? What do you say? Any, any and all of the above. Um, I just moved 
behind like the scrub oak down on the water, so maybe I could break the wind. Oh, you sound great. Um, by the way, when you yeah, say no, break the wind, so to speak. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I, you know, I, I'm okay with it, George. I, I really am. I, I've struggled with this for for quite a while, and uh, now there's a guy with a leaf blower. Um, <laughs> I, I've <laughs> my my luck's holding. Um, no, I'm I'm okay with it. Um, and I had this um, event that happened on the air, and everybody knows about it. And uh, all of a sudden, I start speaking in tongues for about uh, five minutes, and. And uh, then again comes Billy Thorpe and Stefan and Ellen Graham. And I came out to paramedics and I went to Aurora Med, which I could not tell you how wonderful they were at Aurora Med. And they, they kept me overnight. And I went into the, um, into, into the tube, as they say. But I had to be, I, I'm claustrophobic as hell. I had to get my lights put out for that. And I did, you know, the imaging. And, and they came in, they said, we have zero sign. Matter of fact, I played Jeopardy with the nurses that Thursday night. I was doing pretty good. I was kind of winning. Nice. And um, yeah, and so I, I, whatever happened happened. There's you can't not say it didn't happen. And I think it's a warning shot. And as you know, there's a lot of pressure that goes with doing what we do. And it's been pretty amped up these last 13, 14 months, as you probably well know. And um, the business has changed and. Uh, and um, I'm, it's okay. I mean, I'm really going to, you know, I'm just, you know, put, put, put the gun down and back slowly away. Uh, and I'm okay. I mean, I really am okay with it. It's, it's been interesting to go to bed at night, still get up at 3 o'clock in the morning, but don't think about what you're going to do the next day. Don't write down notes. I'm going to do this on the show and come in and share them with Billy. And well, Billy writes down notes, hey, we ought to try this. And so, but you're going to learn. I mean, so... Um, um, I don't know about the the last final show. I think is coming up first uh, of April uh, to be announced. And I've heard from so many people, from Mike Rosen, from people that can I come do the show with you? Absolutely. So that ought to be a, as they say in the South, ought to be a she bang. So uh, we have all kinds of people that will do the show with us on that final day, and maybe even stretch it out to five hours. But Billy's yeah. planning all this stuff, and the radio station's planning it, and so. As uh, Kurt Vonnegut said, so it goes. Well, that that's the big date, and people ought to put that down, because my yeah. understanding yeah. is we've locked down April the 1st, which I know yeah. you think is ironic because it's April Fool's Day, but sure. uh, th- this is no joke. Um, April 1st, and I think they're just nailing yeah. down the venue and the time, but um, yeah. Oh, yeah. that is an opportunity for folks to, to reminisce, yeah. to honor, yeah. to reflect, and all yeah. that. I, I have to say, when I came in that day... Um, I, I could sense something was off, but um, it's the time after that, Pete, when you came in and we sat down and talked for a bit and you, maybe it's at peace. I don't know. But from my standpoint, it was a different Peter Boyles. And when I say that you and I have been doing this transition for months now and um, you get a sense of a certain level of um, intensity about the, and it just felt like you really had sort of exhaled in a way. And we're like, yeah. I'm doing this, and I really believed, and I encouraged you to just take a couple weeks and to come back. But I could see in your face and hear it in your voice, you were like, okay, I'm done. Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, I mean, I'm still rattling it around and, you know, looking back on different issues and thinking of different people and uh, how I'm lucky, and I'm, by the way, the luckiest guy I know, and 
And so, but it is, everything has a beginning, a middle, and an end. And uh, I'm, I'm worried now about Tom Brady. He comes back like Muhammad. Somebody's going to take his head off. And, and you know, when, when Rocky takes the gloves off, I didn't understand it. You know, he's got 43 KOs, 46 wins, and he takes the gloves off. He had nothing left to prove. And I had a long talk with Lee Larson. I had a long talk with Dean Singleton. And Lee, Lee said, you know, what more do you have to prove? But he said, you've, you know, you've survived it. You've won. You've done this. You've done that. Um, take the gloves off. Um, if you stay. And I do worry about Brady. I'm a big Tom Brady fan. I don't. I don't know what Tom Brady's coming back to prove. What's he coming back to prove, George? What do you think? I don't know that there's anything left to prove statistically or, or you know, records or titles or anything like that. I mean, the guy's a first ballot unanimous Hall of Famer and has been for years. But, yeah. but part of me wonders if when you get to that point in your life where more than half of his life has been playing, I think, professional football, if you don't start to think in terms of – um, your identity. And I do think about that for you too, Pete. I mean, you've been doing this for so long. There is nobody in this market that has been doing it at this level for as long as you have. And I wonder, and again, I'm not in your shoes and your column, which people should go read at the Glendale Cherry Creek Chronicle, um, spells it out. It's just hard to wrap my mind around that idea that you've done this every day for so many years. You've become synonymous with talk radio in the state of Colorado. And then to say, I'm done. Now that that is a that's tough. I, and again, for me, I hope you pull a Tom Brady. I hope you try on retirement no, or whatever you're no, calling no, it, I'm and then done. in a couple of weeks you go, "Hey, yeah. youngin, get out of my seat." No. <laughs> you know? Uh, no, no, no. I'm done. I uh, I want to set it, and uh, no, I'm done. I um, I and like I said, I, I think of Rocky when I was a boy, and we all talked about it in the gym as young kids. You know, why? Why? And I know now why. And uh, you see, I mean, eventually I'm going to, something bad would happen. And um, that's, then you'd be remembered that way. Uh, my idol is Joe Namath, but remember that Joe, Joe Namath in a Rams uniform sitting on his helmet. Yeah. You know, and that, and I love Joe Namath. He's my idol. But here's Joe sitting on his helmet and uh, playing for the Rams. Um, that shouldn't have happened. And, um, and they, you can't let it go. You know, Mike walked away. Mike Rosen walked away. Uh, yep. And I had a nice text conversation with Mike. Um, and you don't want to be. You don't want to stay too long at the dance. You know, you want to be, you know, we're, we were, do, we're doing really well. We had great numbers and we had a lot of advertisers. That's the good time to take the gloves off. Put the gloves on top of the ring post. And love everybody and walk. And, we'll, you know, I'll still be helping out Brian and, and Kelly and, you know, I'm watching Billy, and so I'm okay. I mean, I, I, I really, I mean, I, it sounds like a broken record, but I, I really am okay with all of this. It's been a good decision. Well, in your example with boxing is good, but you don't have to go outside of Denver to see two other guys who left at the top of their game, too. I mean, uh, John Elway, yeah. after back-to-back yeah, Super Bowls, yeah. nothing said he couldn't play again. Peyton Manning, after winning a second yeah. Super nothing said he couldn't yeah. keep playing at a high level. And they both yeah. were like, "This is it. I got nothing else yeah. to prove. I'm done." And, and then, and, 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 yeah, sure. And you look at the sadness of, like I said, I I, I love Joe Namath. Joe sitting on his helmet, uh, going out hurt. Um, you don't want that. Um, there's plenty of examples of that. Uh, 
guys that I, you know, won't, won't mention guys in the radio business that blew up. And, um, you don't want that. You know, you, I can honestly say, and with Lee and with Dean and talking to Brian and everybody, Hey, we, what left, what was there left to do? And, um, now I'll, now I'll kind of live my life and see what happens next. Yeah, I, I see this con- this trend continuing here, but your wall of hate, Pete, has turned into a wall of love. There's just no way I could read all the tests that have come in. <laughs> nah. and, and my guess is there are some of these people here who have ripped you from stem to stern and other issues, but they're coming out now to talk about things like uh, been listening to you for years, radio will never be the same. And we're, and we're going to have plenty of time to do that, too, but you should well, just know the, the outpouring is, uh, is sincere yeah, well. and it's widespread. Well, you know, and I understand that. I mean, I understand all of it, but I also understand that, you know, if I go back in there and put the pressure back on me and there's a lot of variables in what happened to me and, you know, blood pressure, stress, all those kinds of things. And frankly, you know, <laughs> I don't want to be reaching for the mic switch and keep going. So I'm in Florida right now, and it's absolutely wonderful. I'll be home. I have doctors and friends when I get home. Uh, I'll see Brian on uh, Friday, Brian and, and Kelly. I'll, actually, I'll probably see you on Friday. Good. And, I hope uh, so. then, I'll, then I'm going to go ski. So that's my plan is uh, wait for the weekend to go by and ski Monday and Tuesday. And, and then, you know, the motorcycle season's coming. And if I get the green light from all these great doctors, then I'll be fine. So you know, I'm looking forward to you know, working part time and doing what Brian and Kelly ask. And, Again, you have, on the other side of that glass, you've got a remarkable young man who, you know, you listen to him. There's one text I'll share with you that just came in. Well, I'm a better woman for knowing Peter Boyles. God bless you. I think that was from Stefan. No, I'm kidding. I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> or, or, or any anyone shares of ex-wives. <laughs> um, I know nah, that you had, you had thought good. about this day for a while. You'd said that. Yeah. But I, I think you even have to be just a hair disappointed, if not more. And for the listeners, too, that you didn't call your shot. And I know it feels like you are now, but well, I, I guess I just I mean, thought, I you know, I don't know. I know. When, when they, uh, I got a text, and I won't say from whom, on Saturday I came out from the hospital on a Friday night. And the text said, uh, should we have a replacement for you on Monday? Or are you coming in? And I said, what part of it? I had a stroke, don't you understand? <laughs> but um, that's radio, and I get it. I mean, um, no, one is ir- no one is irreplaceable. When Alan Berg was murdered, there was somebody on the air that next morning. So, uh, and there's, a, you know, the Berg film's coming, and I have some input in that. And, uh, no, I mean, believe me when I tell you, I'm, I'm, I'm at peace with it. So... Um, and I, you know, I don't want to let it go any further than that. That I had a had an incredible time. I mean, I never. I, I'm the luckiest guy. You are listening to the luckiest man who has ever lived. Talk. Well, they, so the the um, the yeah. the point that you make about the world keeps on spinning is is oh, yeah. true, but it's different. Sure. Like you and I have talked about yeah. this off air too, and that is, look, Rush Limbaugh's been gone now what a year, and. Yeah. Uh, Radio's changed with his absence. It changed when he was here, and it's changed when he left. And I think people right now are wondering, how the hell does AM radio adjust to know Peter Boyles? I mean, you're the godfather of this thing. Listen, when I say this, um, I can't name the guys that replaced Rush Limbaugh. I can't either. I know they're out there. Do you know who they are? Nope. Nope, me neither. And they've destroyed—radio has been, you know, for another day, another morning— 
but radio has really, really taken some huge hits. And um, it's not what it once was, and it probably will never come back, but it's in a precipice right now that is, to me, it's like, it's going to be strange. This business will change. Pete, a little, little bit windy, a little bit windy there. I, uh, yeah, I'm talking back behind this tree, but listen to me, George. I love you, and uh, listen to Billy, and, uh, and it'll, it'll, it'll shine. It'll shine. Yeah, I, yeah. Listen, um, there's just simply no way to suggest that anybody, me or anybody else, could uh-huh. replace you. We can sit in the chair and put on the headphones yeah. and have the conversations, but it yeah. just won't be the you same. I, I think that you Rush, will. to the extent that Rush defined the national talk radio thing for for you here you were the proof that local talk radio still matters that it's not just some small market thing i mean you made this a real deal you made news my god you and stefan and and mark and the rest of them what are we going to do about the safe injection site pete you can't go away from that well no stefan asked me to say to go to vancouver and i'm really considering going to vancouver with the team so no, I just just to see it and to maybe have some input, but I'll leave you with this one. Stephen King's The Shining. Yeah. When the guy says, when will it shine? The guy said, it'll shine when it shines. And that was The Shining. And uh, so it'll shine, and it'll shine when it shines. And um, Stephen King is right. And uh, so when, when you ask when it'll be, it'll be when it is. And it'll shine when it shines. And I... I mean, I feel that I really do feel that. I feel that you know it's time to step aside and let you and a lot of other guys take a run at it. You know, Jimmy's in the wings. You're doing great work. Mandy Connell's doing great work. There's a good. There's a. There's a. You know, you leave it in good hands. Well, I will tell this story uh, as long as I'm allowed to be on the radio. You've heard it before, and I will tell it again on April the 1st if I'm permitted. But there is no sure. me on the radio anywhere without Peter Boyles. And for the folks that have never well, heard that story, it was way back in like 2005, 2006, yeah, when yeah, sure. you were on another station, Brand X, and they had a yeah, Who Wants yeah. to Host Their Own Radio Show yeah. competition yeah. that you were in, you were the host for. and. One thing led to another, and uh, I ended up at the finals, and it, we're in March Madness, it was Madness, defeating an on-air palm reader which, <laughs> to become a guy that got to start doing some filling work. Jerry Bell and you got together. and, and um, I, think, I, think, I think Billy was working there that when that happened, too. Billy was you know what? He may have been. It, it yeah. was, yeah. But without that, there's no filling work, and there's no permanent ah. work, and there's no me coming in, transitioning with you, and... Hey. Again, no Pete Boyles, no George Brockler on the radio for sure. And I imagine that there are a bunch of people out there that have similar stories. I love you, and the guys have been the best. And I'll, I'll see you Friday night. I, I have a, an 11.30 with a doc, and I go to the gym, and I'll come in, and I'll, I'll see you, and then I'm talking fine real quick, and then I know more about this final show, and uh, see Billy, and see everybody, and and then go start, you know, becoming an old guy with doctor's appointments. <laughs> oh my God. Listen, so, I'm going to continue to call this the Peter Boyle show until they order me to stop well, doing it. So thank you for entrusting me with your the microphone for a little bit. Sure is now, brother. Hang in there, Pete. We'll see you again on Friday. Thanks, George. Thanks to Billy, man. Bye. Yeah, of course. Bye. Uh, Billy, of course, is the, uh, the wizard behind the glass that keeps everything moving forward. Um, big, big news.
Um, broken a little bit earlier this weekend on a show and also in Pete's column that came out this weekend, but officially on the show named after the man himself, Peter Boyles, announcing that uh, he is uh, stepping away from the microphone. Um, and April 1st will be the big send-off. I still anticipate them finding a great venue and, and allowing regular people uh, like listeners to come out there and uh, the View House. Is that official, Billy? It is the View House in Centennial? Off of I-25? Okay. Uh, try to put that down, and everyone ought to listen. That'll be the big uh, final farewell. I hope there's plenty of time for callers. To... What's that? 5 to five to 10 a.m., April the 1st, View House. Get your uh, calendar item set right now. Hey, Siri, set a calendar item for 5 to 10 a.m. I would have said a... it'll be a ticketed event, all the proceeds going to Billy. No, I'm kidding. I don't, I don't know if there's any cost to it at all. But uh, we'll have the opportunity to talk to to Pete, hopefully on a more intimate, personal basis. I know he's not leaving the planet Earth, so he'll still be here at 710 doing the things he talked about. But it'll be different, my friends. It will be really different to the extent I'm allowed to continue to play a role uh, filling this chair. I'm going to try to do the justice I can to it. Listen, when we come back, happy to take your calls. Frankly, open lines on anything. It could be the Pete thing if you want. Number 303-696-1971. Until that time, it's George Brockler filling in for the Peter Boyle. Talk 710 Ukraine update. CBS News special report. The Senate Judiciary Committee has just opened hearings on Supreme Court nominee Katanji Brown-Jackson. Welcome, Judge Jackson, and congratulations to you and your family. Thank you, Senator. Jackson is the first black woman to be nominated to the nation's highest court. Illinois Democrat Dick Durbin, the chairman of the committee, said this would have been unthinkable back when the Supreme Court first convened in 1790. Neither African Americans nor women had the right to vote. There was no equal justice under the law for a majority of people living in America. Well, Senate GOP leader Mitch McConnell says he'll base his vote on the hearings. Iowa Republican Chuck Grassley. The most important thing that I look for is the nominee's view of the law, judicial philosophy, and view on the role of a judge in our constitutional system. Democrats hope there can be a final vote on the Jackson nomination by Easter. CBS News Special Report. I'm Steve Kathan. Eastbound I-70, we have a wreck blocking the three right lanes before Kipling. We're bunched up passing the scene there. I-25 is pretty close to the speed limit through Denver. Westbound I-270 is still heavy getting into Commerce City. And we have an accident from earlier northbound Parker at I-225. Westbound I-Lift, one lane open through the utility work about four blocks west of I-225 after a car crashed into a fire hydrant. And we've got slow pockets along Pena to and from the airport right now. Cleared an earlier crash eastbound I-70 at Bakerville. I'm Dustin Ritchie with traffic. This report is sponsored by Whole Foods Market. At Whole Foods Market, get Animal Welfare certified 80% lean ground beef for $4.49 a pound through March 22nd, plus an extra 10% off for Prime members while supplies last. Restrictions apply. Much colder and blustery on this Monday. Occasional snow showers with maybe an inch or two on the grass areas by evening. The heavier moisture stays south and east of Denver. Temperatures will be steady in the 30s and falling with gusty and cold north winds. Chilly wind chills. Lows tonight, 20s. Partly to mostly cloudy breezy. A few snow showers Tuesday. Highs only low to mid 40. Say it ain't so, George Brockler, no longer filling in for Peter this hour, filling in for 
Wait, George Brockler right here on 710 KNUS. Uh, big news. Peter Boyles just uh, got off the phone with us from Florida. He will be back Friday, but has announced that uh, he is stepping away from the microphone on a Monday through Friday full-time basis, first time in decades. Uh, there's no question it will have a significant impact on the market. And uh, and I think in some ways on this station, I, I listen, I'm just uh, I'm going to say it. I, I just would have never had a shot at the radio without Pete. And he has been a great mentor to me. And as you know, from listening to the crossover talk that we do for months now, uh, we don't always agree and sometimes strongly disagree on things. But uh, never once did I lose respect for Pete, um, even when I thought he was crazy and even when he thought I was crazy. Uh, but uh, it, it's going to be it'll be an adjustment, but it's going to be a good one, I think, moving forward for Pete. And he explained the reasons why I'm looking forward to April the first five hours of getting to hear from the man himself and all those who have worked with him over the decades. Remember, he started in talk radio right after Marconi. And no, I'm kidding. It's just it's been a while, though. Let's get to the phone lines right now. Happy to take your calls. 303-696-1971. Gary, you're on the 710 KUS George Brockler show. How are you? I'm good. How are you, George? Good, sir. Uh, yeah, disappointed to hear uh, Pete's leaving. I uh, it'll definitely change my uh, when I'll tune it if if I'll ever tune back into seven ten. Probably depending on who they replace him with. I'm um, frankly would uh, enjoy having uh, either you or Jimmy. Uh, be the permanent replacement for um, for Peter, primarily because I know you're very conservative, but you at least entertain the other side of the uh, viewpoint, you know, the, the liberal viewpoint occasionally. And Jimmy, absolutely, he's also conservative, but he does uh, get get a little bit closer to the middle of the road. Uh, unlike the two of you, the rest is basically the Fox News Channel on radio, and I just I yeah. cannot take Fox News Radio. And I, I, if, no, I appreciate if, that. Uh, I really do appreciate the kind words, Gary, and I'm a big fan of Jimmy's as well. Um, I am really bothered by the fact that he's significantly younger than I am and shows no signs of graying, which uh, I have gone completely, which is really offensive to me. But otherwise. He is a great, great talent, and I know he's going to continue to do great things here on 710. But when did you start listening to Pete? How long have you been a Pete listener? Oh, I've been listening to him since uh, before the Jean Benet days. Oh, my goodness. That's going back. We're talking 30-ish years? Yeah, that's when I moved to Denver, and uh, it's really been interesting to see his metamorphosis, especially the last couple of years where one thing I noticed was before the last couple of years, he didn't say like four or five times every every uh, program, I'm an old man. And, he, and he, he seemed to use that phrase over and over and over, but only for the last two years. So I was like, why does he keep reminding us he's a very old man? I don't know why he did that, but maybe that was a precursor to you know, leading up to this. I got to imagine for a guy that's been doing this at this level for five decades um, plus that he's got to at some point look on the calendar and say to himself, all right, I mean, I'm not going to do this until they, they wheel me out of here feet first. Um, so he's got to think in those terms. But I got to say, if you haven't seen Pete, 
dude is in as good a shape. I want to be in the shape that Peter is in if I ever get to age 78 or 79. I want to be in that shape. Guy skis, guy rides motorcycles. Guy, I mean, you know, he's incredibly active. So to go out this way was a little unexpected, but um, I don't think he was foreshadowing it. I just think it was just part of his lexicon, part of his uh, talk. But let me ask you this, too. Why did you listen to Pete for so long? Why did you follow him from the big station to the other big station and all that stuff? Oh, just because one of the reasons I did was he really understood the entertainment value of uh, listening to call in, you know, what what people who other opinions. He didn't do a lecture. He didn't he didn't just go on and on about what he thought. He he always. Uh, you know, took a lot of calls. And I think in some ways, a lot of the current hosts, not so much you, but they hide behind text messages because they can read a text message and control the conversation because they never get any feedback. But with Pete, it was always an interactive conversation. Well, and I agree with you in this way, and I I think I've tried to take some of that uh, from Pete is – the engagement with the listener matters. There are times to talk, no doubt. There are times to just talk. And when you have a guy that's as well-read as Pete, it makes sense, right? Like he's setting the stage. He's providing this stuff. I learned stuff from Pete. I mean, nobody reads, as, as in my life, nobody reads as many books as this guy does, and, and he retains it all, right? Like, I mean, he, he a book he read 15 years ago just comes to him, the author, the whole thing. So, But he does engage listeners, and I love that people from 710 that are listening want to call in and talk with him. Now, you know that there are times where it gets a little heated, right, which uh, I try to stay clear of, but I get the passion of it. But he is great at having a conversation and trying to get people to say where they stand, what they think, and not just let them skate around it. Yeah, I I agree, and – so anyway, I'm 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 hoping that because it's on April Fools, they're going to do what they did a couple of years ago on April Fools and said that Matt Dunn's program had been uh, eliminated. I'm oh, hoping no maybe- chance. Doctor Doctor Dunn has a great following and does a great job. But let me ask you this: Are you when you have listened over the years, how many times, if any, before today, have you called in and talked with Pete? Uh, over the last quite. Uh, couple years probably once a week wow that is unique and also impressive um what's the best conversation you think you've had with pete and was it positive and i say that respectfully in this way sometimes the best conversations are the ones that end in disagreement i think it was he and i really um agreeing on the big lie, you know, this Trump big lie and that there was no evidence. And I always encouraged him to, you know, um, to, to, to just, uh, base his opinion on the facts or the lack of facts, because as you and I both know, there are some people that are still hanging on to that nonsense, you know, and they're still, uh, indicating, well, the election in Arizona, we're still waiting for evidence to come in. Well, it's been about a year and a half. I mean, if you can't come up with evidence in a year and a half, it probably ain't there. Well, and there are going to be some on the other side that say, hey, the evidence is there, but it's not being considered. It's not being talked about. The courts won't let it in, all that other stuff. And so, I, listen, 
again, I'm of the same mind in this way. I don't think the election was stolen. I think there's fraud at some level in every election, always has been, but not enough to make a difference in the outcome of this election. And while I remain open to evidence, because that's what prosecutors do, I just haven't seen any, I, nothing compelling at all to me. And everything that someone has brought up about, what about these numbers? There's always an explanation, and uh, there's always an explanation that is backed up by facts. And so, I'm again, I'm open to the conversation, but I cannot go down that road. I can't go, hey, where there's smoke, there absolutely must be a fire lit by the Dems. I can't. I just can't do it. Well, and 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 those propundents of the big lie say, well, there is evidence, but they never uh, continue and say there's enough evidence to show that it would have changed the outcome. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that entirely. Listen, uh, great call and keep listening, keep calling in. And I hope April 1st you're tuned in or maybe you can even buy a ticket. I know once we figure out the mechanism for ticketing, we're going to put it up on the website. But, uh, Gary, I hope you can either be there in person or at least be there, listen, maybe even call in, share your insights with Pete. Well, you know, uh, I'll just I'll end with this. Um, I had an opportunity to spend a day skiing with Pete. And you're right. Uh, it was a few years ago, but he was still in his 70s. And for a man his age, he, he can get up and down those slopes pretty good. Not not doing too many moguls, but he's got a real strong uh, cruiser posture, and uh, he's incredible. Yeah, for what it's worth, I just spent two days up at uh, Keystone with my youngest, my 12-year-old, and my oldest, my 19-year-old. She skied. Uh, the 12-year-old and I snowboarded. And I fell more times than the two of them combined. And my daughter hadn't skied in like five years or six years. And something about it, I was just so gravity challenged that day. And if you've ever snowboarded, man, you do things wrong with the front or back edge of your board and gravity just grabs you and throws you down into the snow. And I think to myself, I don't know that I could continue to do this for another near 30 years, which is what Pete's doing. I mean, Pete's still skiing doing this. I'm like... I could barely get up off the ground at 3 p.m. Uh, this guy continues to ski, and he said he's going to turn 79. I mean, he's just in incredible shape. I, I think uh, if you went back to skis, George, skiing's a lot easier than snowboarding. And with skiing, you can more or less, more or less control the level of intensity you want. You could do cruisers. Uh, which are very easy on skis, or you can go up a little bit more. So, you know, if that bothers you, just transition back to skis uh, and you'll Gary, I appreciate it. I do. but I And thank you again for the call and for continuing to listen. Uh, but I am still convinced I can fight age uh, and that aging process by trying to do new things, learn new tricks. And one of those is to try to keep pace with my 12-year-old. But, man, he left me in the dust, in the snow dust in these past couple of days. Uh, listen, great call still coming in at 303-696-1971 about the Pete's News. We'll be back here in a little bit. Until that time, you're listening to George Brockler, 710 KNUS. George Brockler finishing out the back end here of the hour. I'll be replaced by a guy named Charlie Kirk. Then we go live and local at 3 o'clock with Stefan Tubbs. I imagine he, too. We'll want to talk to Pete or talk about Pete. And, of course, um, you, the listeners, want to take as many calls as we can. I know this isn't going to go away. I mean, there's no way a dude can be on the radio for half a century and then uh, it just he just fades away. And I know the world will keep on turning and radio will keep on churning. 
but it's going to be different without Pete. And I want to continue to take your calls on that. Lisa, you're on 710 KNUS. What do you think, Lisa? It's sad, but I understand. You got you want to go into go into retirement. <laughs> I am jealous of those people that retire, but I can also see how this is such a unique career field, right? Because you are constantly interacting with your community and the people around you and constantly being challenged in your thoughts and the things that you say. This is probably tougher to step away from than I make widgets, you know, or something like that. Right. Yep, yep, yep. You get a lot, you, you make a lot of friends and they become family. And and the listenership stuff, and I see this with all the text coming in too, and that is the idea that somebody becomes part of your routine. Probably the way Rush did at the national level was just like, hey, it's this time of day, my radio's on, and this is who I brush my teeth to and take a shower to and eat my breakfast to and go to work to. This is just part of my day-to-day existence. And when it's gone, it's like, now what, you know? Yep, yep. So listen, um, you hopefully are going to be able to either attend in person or listen to the big five-hour finale. I don't know if finale is the right term. I don't know what we're going to call it, Pete-a-lose or something. But boils a lose <laughs> is probably better. But it is going to be on April the 1st, which I know there's probably going to be a conspiracy theory crowd out there that are like, and on April 1st, they're going to announce, he's not really retiring. It's all been a big <laughs> I can tell you, unless I am also in the in the dark on this, that is not going to happen. Uh, but it's going to be at the View House from 5 to 10 a.m. Uh, there's going to be tickets sold. That's not up on the website at 710 KNUS right now. But as soon as they get that figured out, and we've ticketed other events before, they're going to do that. But uh, I hope that you'll either be there in person or listen. How long have you been listening to Pete? Well, my mom's been listening forever, and she got me me at attached to it so <laughs> it's been years we'll just say <laughs> has it been since he left from the other station from the brand x station oh yes yes yeah i uh have you yes. ever called in to talk to pete before on a show um no but we had a restaurant um down in low um in highlands that he did a few things with and my mom and i met him up in central city for wow. uh some things that he did up there, and so we we followed him for quite a bit. Do you still have the restaurant going? No, uh, we've we've so, since sold it, but it was a good time when he was there. <laughs> Ho- hopefully, you made a trillion dollars off of that. When you decided to advertise with Pete or work with Pete on the on the restaurant stuff, why Pete? Why did, not just listening to him? But what were your thoughts on that? Um, he just has the same values that we all have, that our family has. He is also a tremendous uh, guy for businesses in the community, and I think everybody that's worked with him over the years has felt the reach that he has and the benefit that he brings, and I hope you guys did too. Yes, definitely. Well, I can't thank you enough for calling in, especially if you didn't call in to Picho. I feel lucky to have had you call in to talk, to talk with me about anything on this topic, so thank you for that, and hopefully we'll see you on April the 1st. Will he be there as well? Oh, my gosh. Yes, for sure. I mean, this is the in-person okay, thing. Perfect. I think they carry him in on a throne or something. There will be palm <laughs> fronds or something. I don't know what it is, but it'll be – they'll feed him grapes. It'll be spectacular. So hopefully we'll see you there. Perfect. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. Yeah, Lisa, thanks for calling. Lisa's line is open, 303-696-1971, going to Johnny. Johnny, you're on 710. What do you think, sir? Hi, ho, Silver. <laughs> when I started listening to him uh, 
back in KWBZ. That was the reason I like listening to Bob Lee and, and those guys in the morning. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, and blast then, from uh, the past. And then I would switch out to Allenberg, and, and Allenberg had me on the skating show, and it was it was so funny that um, uh, he would, Allenberg would say, like, uh, it would be the skating show, and, and these mothers would call me, and then they found that I was a, a black guy, and then they said, no, we don't want you to go out with, the, with, your, with, with our daughter. And it, so it was back and forth, and then Peter one day came on and said, hey, you know, I'm, I'm a brother, I'm a black guy. I said, get out of here. You know, and I, I told my mother, I said, you know, uh, uh, Pete, he's, he's a black guy. You know, and I, I, you know, I, I said, well, if he's a black guy, he's a black guy. <laughs> Was that on April 1st as well? No, I'm kidding, because if you, you've probably, have you met Pete since? I mean, have you seen him in person, had okay. a chance to talk with him? This is how I met him. I yeah. was with this lady that was really high-strung, like temper-wise, and Peter, he gave her a, a matchbox and said, don't ever say I didn't give you something. And she got so angry. I'm thinking, like, he's just joking with you. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> but I, it was uh, 2005. Wow. When I, I when I finally met him, you know, I met Alan. I met uh, um, the the Black Avenger. Um, you know, oh, yeah. I met all those guys. But uh, Peter was the, the the last one that I met uh, in person. And then, of course, we went to that. Um, um, what was that? The thing that Hillary Clinton called all of us the deplorables. Oh yeah, 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 the deplorables. Yeah, yeah, we went there. So you know, I probably get my wife out and say, "Let's go." She's less high strung than that person I was with at that time. <laughs> now, hey, listen, so, yeah, you've been listening we'll to Pete now for decades. I presume, in some ways, I don't want to overstate this. In some ways, he's part of your day, or maybe even a, in a small way, lowercase f, part of your family in, in doing this. Um, ha- yeah. Have you called into the show before to talk to Pete? Many times, many times. And, you know, I don't agree with him all the time because, you know, I, I still say, like, you know, if one dead person is voting, that's one too many. So I don't agree with him with everything, but I like the going the back and forth and, and uh, the intellectual talk. And it, it, it helps me from being insane from when I go over to the the the, uh, the left side and listen to some of the insanity and the lies that they just blankly say again and again and, and so I'll go back to peter and, and here's you know some some well thought out well-read thoughts and it just brings it back to the earth you know i so, agree did you ever have a a rougher call with pete when you disagreed with him of course i mean alan i mean alan would chop chop you up peter you know you, you have a, a not not as bad as alan i mean alan can really once you think you're his friend, and the next thing you know, he's chopping you up. But no, nah, he wasn't as, as as brash as that. But I mean, we all in, we enjoy it because it's, it's it's all a part of making a good show. Yeah, I agree with you. I remember Alan Berg not because as a kid I listened to talk radio, but because my mom and dad did. And I remember Alan Berg, and man, he could turn on a collar, and man, he would oh, get yeah. really super strong. Pete sometimes has bad contacts with callers, and it, but nothing I ever remember approaching that Berg level. No, no. I mean, I mean, because Bird, I mean, I went to his his shows when he had this this uh, show at the, at the Food for the Pudding, and and had you know people uh, talent shows and stuff like that. And then you know I bombed on on a show, and 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 we we went back and forth. And then and so it's, it's like being with two different brothers. You have two different types of relationships. Or oh, really, like three. So Ken Hamlin, uh, Allenberg, Peter's Boyles, and I never get a chance to meet uh, Bob Lee, 
Well, I almost met him. It was out of a breakfast. They were at um, at, a, at a restaurant, uh, but I didn't get a chance to, to talk to him at that time. So, um, who else you know. do you listen to on the radio? <sighs> hmm. Well, on, on the on the left is a guy called the, the Hawk, and I can't have I can't. He's on Sirius FM. Yeah. Um, then um, Howard Stern. But I oh, still yeah, like yeah. Grew, I grew out. Of, I, I still have the prescription. The subscription, but I'm sort of like I'm, I've grown out of that type of stuff. The know? national stuff. Who else do you listen to locally? Oh, locally. Um, well, let's see. I've, I've listened to you when you were on that. I don't know the morning time. Uh, oh, yeah. Chuck and Julie. Yeah, I, Chuck I still and Julie, I still yeah. go back over to their show because I, I like the way they go back and forth with each other. I do too. I do too. They're um, a great couple. And uh, and um, of course, of course, um, uh, at, at uh, Corcoran. I yeah, Randy Corcoran on Saturdays. Wake up with Randy Corcoran. Yeah. Great show. I had to put it. I had to put it. I was, I was at the uh, caucus the meeting this weekend. Yeah. I said, I want to listen to you know this guy, but you know I had to pay attention because this was my first time ever being at one of those. You things. went to the assembly for the first time. Which one did you go to? Where do you live? Uh, in Denver, I'm, I, and, I, and I'm running for, um, I guess House, House District Five, and. Uh, Someone, so, so I see the guy that's, that's already in there, and, and I saw how he, he lied in this last, you yeah, know, yeah. when he ran the first time uh, about, you know, <laughs> Trump being a racist and all that. So it's going to be interesting if we ever have a debate going against that guy. And Well, Johnny, I, I hope you do. Did you get out of the assembly? Are you going to be on the primary ballot? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm signed up, and they're going to submit the papers today. Oh, and, fantastic. And, uh, do you have a website? You have a website? Yeah, it's uh, uh, let's see, Johnny J for uh, Colorado. Um, um, I guess it was a house district five. All one word. Yeah, all one word. Buddy, I, hopefully we can have you back on to talk about how that race shapes up. And I can't thank you enough for going down memory lane with us with Pete. And, and Johnny, you've obviously been a loyal listener and a frequent caller. I hope that doesn't change as well. April 1st, mark it down, 5 to 10 a.m. at the View House. There will be tickets. They'll be available, I believe, at 710canyonwest.com. Just not today, but keep an eye out for that stuff. Uh, news from Pete Boyles if you're just tuning in. By the way, if you're just tuning in, what the heck? Uh, Pete Boyles. Stepping away from the microphone after, my gosh, five decades plus of great work. But he's not going to be gone. He just won't be in this chair. Listen, I will be back tomorrow, 5 to 10 a.m. and throughout the rest of this week. I'll be filling in for Peter Boyles on the Peter Boyle Show, on the Peter Boyles Network. That's 710 KNUS. Until that time, stay tuned. Charlie Kirk next. Stefan Tubbs, 3 to 7. George Brockler, 710 KNUS. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.